Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, welcome to the Ohioan. It is Tuesday. Well, actually, Wednesday. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Wednesday, yeah. <laughs> I, I am on COVID uh, overload right now. Um, yeah, it's Wednesday, April 28th. Uh, welcome, Ohioan. I'm Chris. It's Craig. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. How are you? I'm feeling better. I was sharing with Craig. Uh, we talked about our own personal vaccination stories. Um, Brandon uh, got his. I think I got a note from the other day saying he had a second. Um, I have my second. I got y'all brand next time I talked to him. He said he didn't have any side effects. Yeah. I did. Um, I had mine on Monday, Tuesday. I just kind of took the day off from work, podcast, life pretty much. And I ended up feeling crappy. It wasn't good. Um, nothing like I need to go to a hospital and I feel better today. You know, it's what we hear. You know, you get the COVID vaccine the second day, the day after kind of sucks. I hear yeah. the third day is not great, and by the fourth day, you're ready to play football. You're ready to go. But I'm, So I'm kind of in that second, eh, feel a little rough, but it feel a lot better. But, hey, vaccinated. Two weeks from now, uh, pre-vaccinated. I wouldn't say this is going to cover me forever. Um, I noticed on my vaccination card, uh, they had an expiration date of six months from now, Craig. So, oh, really? Okay, I I, I never noticed that. I have to let might have to look at that. Yeah, which is telling me that we probably have to come back for another vaccination before long. But look, if you want to participate in stuff, get vaccinated. I mean, I don't Man. like needles. I don't like feeling like crap. But hey, if it can help keep me safe, my family safe, why not? And even little things, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, Mike DeWine press conference yesterday. And you know, even DeWine talked about it. He said, hey, you know, you got to you, you gotta get vaccinated. He's a little disappointed because I think uh, there's like 40% of Ohioans that are vaccinated, uh, which is a good start, but it's kind of fallen off over a while. And, you know, there's talk that some of these events, um, you know, Craig, we're football fans. We're excited tomorrow night. Is the NFL draft uh, in Cleveland. Right. And I, I got to tell you, um, they're saying, hey, if you don't have a vaccination card, don't come. Now, I'm not going to the NFL draft personally, but what I'm saying is, I think that might be true for more uh, events. You know, with, uh, I, I don't think we're going to have a vaccine passport, but I think there's going to be some games or festivals or even businesses that are going to say, look, we need to see a vaccination card before you come in. Right. I mean, that's possible. Um, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, I, when after we got our second vaccination, and it's been a while now, um, I think we kind of forgot where we put the cards. And, right. you know, not that at that time, no one was really talking about, you know, vaccination passports or people, you know, saying that you need to have a vaccine card to do anything. And, and we weren't really going to be doing much more than we normally would anyway. But we did find our cards, but it is kind of like, well, what happens if you for if you lost your card or just misplaced it and can't re, you know can't remember where you put it? Um, but at the end of the day, it would be nice for people to say, yeah, I've got my vaccine card because everybody, it's it's kind of like you know when you have those special events and everybody says they were there, even though a third of the people that say they were there were actually there. Right. I kind of feel like you're going to get that with the 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 virus you know the 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 vaccine where people are going to say yeah I'm, I'm vaccinated and then if you unless you say we'll produce your vaccine card you know people are just going to use that to their advantage to take you know to take advantage of whatever they can 
whether it's, you know, not wearing a mask or, you know, going out to more public things and, you know, and, and not really worrying about the, the spread because they'll say they're vaccinated. Um, and then that's when people are going to get mad when they're asked to produce a card. And then, you know, I'm sure most people that, you know, have gotten it that don't believe they should are going to just, you know, raise, raise all kind of hell because of that, thinking that it's infringing on their freedom or whatever by having to produce a vaccination card in order to get into the NFL draft or to, you know, get into a, a Browns or a Bengals game or whatever. So it's, it's kind of a weird situation because I think everybody, you know, should say, well, yeah, I got my card with me. So here you go. But it's possible to misplace it or lose it um, or accidentally discard it. So at that point, what do you do? Because there are some people that may have gotten the vaccine that have discarded or lost their, their card. Yeah, I was talking to my wife about this yesterday. There's a conspiracy theory out there saying it's the mark of the beast. And I, I'm not sure how up you are on end-time theology, Craig, but there's a, there's a theology saying, hey, it's going to be the end of the world. It might be a rapture. Or there might be some other type of the end of the world. And they say there's going to be a one more, 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 more can't even talk. One world ruler is going to come up and say, hey, you got to take my mark of the beast or I'm going to kill you. And people are, are trying to equate this vaccine to the mark of the beast. Right. And I was starting to think of that going, it's a shot. You know, you know, we see that there's liquid in it and everything. Right. Well, so, some people are trying to equate this vaccine passport to even President Biden says, hey, I'm not interested in mandating to say you know, like in the biblical, a biblical, a sect of biblical theology that talks about the mark of the beast says, hey, if you don't have it, you can't buy or sell. So, I mean, you're going hungry if you don't get this mark of the beast. Well, people are saying, well, isn't that vaccine passport the same thing? Because if you can't go to the store or anything else, how do you make it work? Well, you could still do online shopping. There's a, a billion different options out there. Right. Uh, but again, get the vaccine. I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm struggling with this. Um, there's talk that my family might get together on Sunday. I feel a whole lot better that I have the vaccine. I mean, hopefully the weather will be nice. We'll be outside for most of it. But even right. for that, just if you want to, and I'm not saying you have to go traveling or go to the NFL draft or whatever, but just. Stay safe. I, I mean, believe me, I'm the I'm the Bible guy. I'm the guy that you know reads up on all these conspiracy theories and everything. But again, if you want to kind of see people again, and I'm not saying you want to see millions of people. If you want to see family members and try to commune with them, get the vaccine. Stay safe. I mean, yeah. I, I I don't know how simple to put it, uh, but you know, like we were saying, you know. They're having a hard time. Um, a story from the uh, Gannett, Ohio newspapers is talking to Wine saying only 39.4% have had the first dose. Right. And I kind of wonder is there some people out there, you know, there's a four week difference if you didn't get Johnson Johnson. Are you going to forget or are you going to be like, hey, I got another thing to do? You know, you keep putting it off the second dose. <laughs> so I bet that 39.4% is a decent number that has the first dose. Which, even if you only get the first dose, it helps, but doesn't really help you as much as if you got both right. doses. So. Yeah, there's people that are getting the first dose, and then they're foregoing yeah. the second dose, not just forgetting about it, but just flat out saying they don't want to get it, which I right. don't really understand. Um, you know, it's like you want to go swimming, but you're just dipping your toes in the water. You like, you're not going to dive in. You just, I don't get that. I mean, if you're going to get the first dose, why not get the second dose? The first, well, dose, you know, it, it doesn't fully vaccinate you, so it's like getting it for no reason. Well, I wonder if people just get busy and everything. I mean, I pretty much cleared out my day yesterday. Uh, we did some podcasting in the morning. Um, you know, so I drove up to Mansfield, came back. But I could see some other people say, hey, I don't have free time. You know, I don't have time for this. I'll tell you, Craig, the other thing I thought was interesting uh, DeWine had his press conference up at the Wolstein Center up in Cleveland. And they were really promoting the, hey, you got to come. And it was funny because, you know, DeWine was like, hey, there's free parking around the Wolstein Center. You don't have to pay to park. Or, <laughs> hey, people are really nice here. And, oh, it's close to the, 
Indian Stadium. You could go to see a game maybe afterwards or anything. Yeah. And I'm like, Governor, I think people just don't want the vaccine. I don't think it's, oh, I got to pay five bucks to park. I'm not going. You know, I think people just don't. Right. You know, there, I think there's a decent amount of people who don't want the vaccine. And, you know, you can't mandate it. I mean, I guess the closest you could do is say, hey, you may not be able to go to the NFL draft. But, you know, unless we get in a police state where we're dragging people out of their homes and <laughs> yeah. vaccinating them. And, you know, hey, we're America. That's not what we do here. So. Isn't it isn't it strange though to think that you know we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for the vaccine, we finally get it, and then it, what three months into the vaccine rollout, we already have too much vaccine for the amount of people that want the shot. I mean that's essentially what it's come down to, is we have more shots than people now instead of we used to have you know when first started we had more way more people than we had shots available, and now it's the exact opposite and. I think this 40%, I don't know if it's going to cap at 40%, but I don't think it's going to be much higher than 40% when it's all said and done of how many people get vaccinated in the state. It kind of surprises me, but really doesn't. Because if you remember, well, obviously you remember, um, you know, the last, under President Trump, there was, yeah, President Trump was pushing for a vaccine. But, you know, there was a ton of mixed messaging from the White House on, you know, do you wear a mask, don't you? Um, And I think with all that stuff and just with even apart from Trump, a lot of the conspiracy theories that were out there that, you know, Trump probably could have done a better job of trying to stop if he wanted to. I I think you had mixed messaging. You had a lot of crap out there information-wise that just made it hard. And I think because of that, people will have doubts, you know? And even if there was no doubts, even if, let's say, Republicans and Democrats were both in favor of the vaccine, yeah, there's still people out there that don't like vaccines or whatever. And I totally get that. But I think just the political messaging and how divided we are as a country, that really, you know, slowed down stuff. Absolutely. And it seems like, you know, you already have that pool of anti-vaccination or people that are skeptical of it. On top of that, you have a lot of mixed messages. It's, you know, I I don't know that we're going to get above 45% in Ohio of vaccinated people. You know, because at first I thought everybody, when it first rolled out, you know, I felt like everybody would get it because of the, you know, we were coming off of the, you know, eight months of COVID and everybody wanted to get back to normal and, you know, then you start doing these stories on the mass vaccination of school school employees and police and fire and all these other professional businesses, nursing home workers, and, and you didn't see the, the same numbers as you expected. It was kind of jarring at first when I, you know, was talking to a superintendent at a school district and he said, you know, maybe 70% of the people might get it or police, maybe maybe 50% of the people might get it. So it was very jarring to hear those numbers and think, wow, I thought everybody would get it so they could go back to normal. But, you know, either some people don't care or some people believe there's never change in the normal. It was just everybody else changing around them. Yeah. Hard to say, but we'll keep on top of this. And let's know what you think. I mean, you know, are you planning on getting the vaccine? If not, it's okay. We're not going to shame you. Um, it's your choice, but why not? And what are you hearing from people around you? Um, yeah, I'm always interested. Um, There's been a lot of talk on my end over the past couple of days on what were your side effects like? Let, let us know if once you had that second dose, how bad was it? Was it? Not bad at all. Let us know. Uh, thanks for checking us out in the Ohioan. We'll be back with another segment shortly. Have a good one. Okay, back here in the Ohioan on this Wednesday, April 28th. Man, I was messed up. I thought it was Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> as we talked about in the first segment, I had my COVID second shot. Had me some Moderna. I had that on Monday. And I'm back and feeling wonky, but I'm okay. Um, Craig, I always wonder about this. What happens if I got the Moderna first shot and the Pfizer second shot? Like, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure how different the compounds are. And especially when you see what the difference between the second shots are. So that's a good question, but I think they, they're pretty clear on 
don't do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's pretty clear. Don't do that. But then also, I think when you, because um, when you go back to your your second spot, generally speaking, you're going back to a place that only gets that specific shot. So, um, you know, like when we went to Metro Health in Cleveland, like they only were getting the Moderna vaccine. They don't. They did. I mean, at least that's what they told us that they weren't really getting the Pfizer. So I think some people are getting one or the other and that's what they get in their allotment every week. So I think there's, it's easier to, you know, kind of calm the confusion of, you know, what if we got Pfizer one week and, you know, so I think they only get the one specific thing that way you don't have to worry so much about it. And I think a lot of it too, if, you know, like in Sadusky County where I cover for the paper, you know, one place gets Pfizer the other places usually get Moderna. So there's like one place where you can get a Pfizer shot. And I think that's specific to being able to get the 16 year olds and up. Whereas the Moderna, you have to be 18 year old and, and up to get that shot. So they, everybody should have a little bit of everything. Um, obviously no one was really getting Johnson and Johnson right now, but at, at this, at this point in time, you know, you're either getting Moderna or Pfizer and most people, I think are getting the the Moderna, and then you have maybe one or two spots, at least in our county, where you get the Pfizer if you're 16 and over. Well, and people are careful, and I said I said it half jokingly when I say you should mix your doses <laughs> because you know, hey, where I went, they gave me a card, and they right. said, hey, you got to come back here, and we're going to give you a second dose of Moderna. So, I mean, you probably couldn't even have said. Like I, I couldn't right. have got the second dose at never location, so right. I'm just trying to be uh, weird. But um, <laughs> new guidelines yesterday from the CDC. I gotta tell you, Craig, I, I thought I'm, I was being very careful about COVID, but apparently I'm not being careful enough because these guidelines were released Tuesday, and they're saying, "Hey, if you're fully vaccinated, which technically I'll be in two weeks." or 13 days from now, I guess, technically, they say you don't need to wear a mask outside except in crowded settings. I got to tell you, Craig, even when uh, COVID was first starting, <laughs> it was a little bit more serious. If I was around people, I would take my mask off outside. Did you do the same, or am I just being the crazy guy? You know, I think the first time that we went for a walk – last summer outside we wore our masks because we just felt like we had to right. and then we slowly kind of realized as we were walking even if it was crowded you could still distance from people and there were people that were wearing their masks and there were people that were you know staying away from everybody so i, I think at first we were all like okay we should wear our masks at all time because there was all the rumors about droplets spreading through the air and being able right. to like project like 20 feet or whatever so i think there was always kind of fear that okay we still don't really know how this spreads so maybe we should be very cautious even when outside um now since then it's it's been few and far between where we've worn a mask outside unless we're going into a grocery store or something. So, you know, if we're taking the dogs downtown for a walk, we don't really usually wear a mask, even though there are times where it's, you know, there's a lot of traffic out there and you kind of walk around. There's people in front of you, behind you, you know, moving it, you know, from side to side. So I think most people have generally stayed safe, though. But you know, there's always the possibility, I guess, you know, because we, we really didn't know a whole lot about the virus when it first came out and how it spread. So that's why there was confusion about should we wear masks? Should we not wear masks? Where should we wear them? So, you know, I, it's it's nice to get more clarification, but always probably err on the side of caution, too. Yeah. So I'm looking at this. It says uh, there was a White House briefing yesterday when they announced the new guidelines, and it said fully vaccinated individuals can unmask while walking, running, hiking, or biking outdoors alone or with members of their household. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, last year, um, Columbus Zoo was a place I could take my daughter, you know, if she was just needed to run around or anything. And we often kind of, you know, when we're around people, we kept it on when we were kind of away from people, because there was as many people at the zoo last year, we took it off. Right. Um, it, it's also saying, yeah, you don't need to wear mastering outdoor gatherings with fully vaccinated uh, family and friends or at gatherings of a mixture of vaccinated and unvaccinated people. 
Now, this gathering we're talking about going to Sunday, I mean, I guess. I mean, there's some vaccine. I'm vaccinated, so I guess I don't have to wear a mask then, right? Well, if you're outdoors, you know, if it's this Sunday, though, you're still in that two-week window of your of your second dose, you're not fully 100% protected. Um, right. You know, at this point, the biggest thing, I think, for for wanting to wear masks is you can still get the virus even if you're fully vaccinated. It's the idea that, okay, you might not get it as, as harshly as you would if you weren't vaccinated. So you might, you might not even feel that you're sick, but that also might be another problem where you could be spreading it. So then people that get the vaccine and they're fully vaccinated, they can still get the, the virus and then they let their guard down and not wear a mask to a grocery store or, or not wear a mask to a sporting event or whatever, and they have it, they could spread it that way. So I think that's why they still encourage people to wear a mask, even if they've gotten the vaccine, because you can still get the virus and you can still spread it, it, it appears, you know, even if you're vaccinated. So I don't know. I mean, it's up to you. It's a, it's a kind of your personal preference. If you're going to a place to eat and you're going to be outdoors, you could probably be okay with not masking or, you know, I've been around my family a couple of times pre-vaccination and we stayed apart with masks on, um, but we were also indoors. So, you know, it's everybody, it's, it's everybody's different preferences, you know, how safe do you feel? Do you, you know, obviously you have kids at home who can't get vaccinated yet any, anyway, so that might be another reason to to stay safe and, and wear a mask and, you know, continue to let people know, Hey, like when you know, I, I didn't like to do it because, you know, you always hate to tell people what to do when you're going to their house or you're visiting or whatever. But, you know, we, we didn't visit our family until we said, okay, well, everybody's got to wear a mask. You know, it's just the way it's got to be. And everybody did, but it might be something for, from your perspective that you might say, well, Hey, you know, we've got kids that can't get vaccinated and we want to make sure they're protected so can you wear a mask around them? Is kind of how I have done it with with me and my wife. Yeah, yeah I understand too. These are guidelines, but again, you know, it's guidelines to say, hey, look, you know, these are public health officials. These are people that are trying to keep you safe. Right. They're trying to say, hey, these are good guidelines to follow. If you're sitting there and you're saying, well, what's safe or what's not? Is it good to do this or not? Hey, these are guidelines to check out and see if they'll work out for you or not. So, right. I don't know. I mean, I feel bad for these public health officials because, yeah, there is a – people don't want the government always telling them what to do. I, yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. But in cases like this, you know, there's people that have studied this stuff before, a little bit more than we have. And, again, it's just – it may not be the letter of the law, the gospel of the land, or whatever else the case might be. But, hey, these are guidelines to follow. Yeah, how do you keep safe and everything else. So um, we will have a link to this on the study. Uh, it's it pretty much out there. Most websites have an article about this on there. But we'll have a link. Check it, check it out. Let us know what you think. Um, do these guidelines work? Are you okay with the new guidelines? Do they go too far? Don't they go? Do they not go far enough? What else is the case? I, I think the big challenge is how do we get back to normal while being safe at the same time? And I think the CDC is trying to say, "Hey, there's some things we can do, but you gotta still be careful." So, right. Excellent. Well, again, thanks for checking out the Highland. We'll be back shortly with a new segment. All right, back here in the Ohioan, and Craig, tough news. We have we're going to have one less Ohio House member in the U.S. House. Mm. I know some people out there are like, "Oh, <laughs> so what?" You know, it doesn't matter. And some people say that's just politics talk. But hey, we want to be represented. Part of the U.S. House yeah. is how does Ohio make their voice heard? And if we have one less member in the House, technically. We're not going to be as represented as we used to be. So, that, tough, that is true. Tough news for Ohio. Tough news for a U.S. House member. Who yeah. I'm not sure they're cutting. It's going to be kind of like a, you know, kind of like at work when 
Um, people aren't making as much money as they hope, and they say, somebody's got to go. Who do we let go? You know, so I, I guess it's almost like that, right? They got to figure out which district to cut. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder how what the criteria is for cutting someone. I mean, you can't just have like a Hunger Games uh, competition between all the, the reps and, and whoever comes out on top or whatever, you know, gets, gets in there. So, you know, I, I wonder if they – I, th- I almost think it'd be fair if you get all the districts, and this is before redistricting and gerrymandering and all that, maybe look at all the current districts and see who had the lowest or, or the biggest drop in census data. You know, so for instance, let's say, you know, a, a district had, you know, a, f- a 15% drop in, in census data versus, you know, others that had maybe 4 or 5%. Maybe the person with the lowest census data you know, the loss of population, maybe they should go. I mean, I don't know if that's uh, a good way of doing it, but I don't know. I don't know, really know any other way to do it because how do you do it in a fair way when you're asking someone to no longer be a congressperson? It just, you know, maybe that makes sense as you do it based on the biggest drop in census data because that's what the cause of this all is, is our census data. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at this Columbus Dispatch story. We'll have a link to it on the website. They're kind of saying that they could even make it where they say, hey, if somebody's not um, seeking re-election, like uh, Tim Ryan announced the other day, uh, he's running for U.S. Senate. Steve Stivers Stivers down here in the Central Ohio area, um, he's not running again. He's going to lead the Ohio Chamber of Commerce. Right. Um, you know, Marsha Fudge, she's a Democrat from Cleveland. She joined the Biden administration. Sure. Uh, and then Mike Turner, he's a Republican from Dayton. He's considered running for U.S. Senate. So you can kind of say maybe we can absorb people that way. That way we're not calling somebody down the office and saying, hey, sorry, you're out. You know, get right. out of But I wonder how it's got to be agreed upon. You know what I mean? So yeah. I well, those are fairly large districts. I mean, Marsha Fudge's districts is, is pretty large. So, I mean, who absorbs the districts? Then you have to determine who absorbs these districts. And, you know, are you putting a lot more of a burden on the, the new congressman or woman having to travel to an even larger district when they already have a large district to begin with? Uh, so it, there's a lot of questions that probably need to be answered about that. But you're right. You know, it's probably the easiest way is just to say, well, we have people either not seeking re-election or running for a better office or already have a better office. So maybe we'll just absorb it that way. And you got to determine who absorbs what. And, you know, is it feasible for that person to absorb that big of a district if it's like Marsha Fudge's district? So it'll be interesting interesting to see how they uh, they go about doing this. Yeah, and they're going to have to redraw the districts. And one of the things that frustrates me right. Ohio is the districts all look wonky. You know, we've talked about that in the past, about you know, you normally think of a district as like more of a square or a circle or a perfect shape. And <laughs> Ohio has some really weird yeah. looking districts, uh, to be polite. I mean, uh, we talked about Jim Jordan that we've talked about. I mean, his district goes up from like Lake Erie down the as far south as Urbana, which is definitely central Ohio. Right. So it, it it's interesting. Um I know we talked to Rachel Coyle, and we'll, and we'll have that uh, released sometime in the next couple of days. And uh, Rachel was telling me there's some frustration on the state level uh, because the census data wasn't done uh, in enough time, which, hey, it's COVID, it's 2020, 2021. Yeah. Uh, a lot of are being done in time. Uh, but she was telling me about how that's going to make things very strange, to say the least, uh, because what do you do? I mean, you, you've got to leave more time for people to draw those maps because you have to have census data to draw the maps. Right. Um, some Republicans saying, hey, let's change the rules. But the concern that Rachel was talking about was maybe these changes go way too far. So what's fair? And that's the thing. And, you know, that's a little bit of a different than how the congressional districts are drawn. But, you know, it gives me a little bit of pause because we're so divided politically. You have to have some type of agreement here. Where are you going to find that agreement? I don't know. Yeah. Wouldn't it be interesting if, you know, like, for instance, obviously Jim Jordan's district is just humongous as far as its scope. 
Um, but wouldn't it be interesting if, you know, we, we kind of eliminated the gerrymandering by having like Jim Jordan's district extend into Marsha Fudge's district because Jim Jordan's district already kind of goes up into that Lake Erie corridor area where Marsha Fudge's district starts. Right. So maybe to kind of balance the gerrymandering in, in being in a Republican or a Democrat centric district, maybe you pair them up with a district that might be a little bit more of the opposite of their district. So then you have maybe another equal amount of voters coming in that maybe come in from the other side. So then you kind of eliminate gerrymandering by having Jim Jordan have his con congressional district, but then also like Marsha Fudge's district, which is skewed Democrat over the years, and maybe it kind of balances each other out. I wish, and it's not going to happen. I mean, I'm just throwing, you know, pipe dreams up in the sky. But, I mean, it sounds like <laughs> Ohio's going back to 15 members. Currently, they're at 16. So when you draw the map, instead of just drawing some wonky map either way, just say, hey, uh, what's 88 divided by 15? Um, probably a little under six or something. And maybe even it out where um, some areas have five counties, some areas have six counties. So instead of drawing these weird, you know, looking shapes and everything, just have five counties stick them together and say that's a congressional district. Well, but then you get into some, I think you still get into the unfairness because, I mean, if you think about Ohio's map, like Northwest Ohio, when you're talking about Toledo in Lucas County, you know, you're, you've got a larger population base than some of the surrounding base combined. Right. You know, like in Sadusky County, we have 60,000 people. Well, you know, in Erie County, it's, it's more than that. But, you know, you're talking about, if you if you try to pull together some of these, you know you you know if you look at Columbus for instance, right. you know do you, how do you kind of be how, how do you kind of make it equal? I, I guess that's the thing is that we're trying to make this equal so there's no more gerrymandering. I don't know that you can do that, but I think clumping a bunch of you know counties together, whether they're around each other or whatever, you might get really even more heavily skewed because some of those counties in rural Ohio, especially in central and north central Ohio, are primarily Republican. And I don't know that you could have, you know, enough in that district because you have Cleveland, you have Youngstown, Akron, Canton, you have Cincinnati, Columbus, and Toledo are the primary, you know, Democrat side. But how do you pair them up with enough Republicans to have equal number of votes maybe without having like 12, you know, counties or something like that to kind of pull together. So it's kind of a weird dynamic. I don't know if you can just draw lines and say, this is, you know, this is fair because that's what we kind of got into the last time where, you know, they were unfair. So th there's probably going to be some sort of science to it, but it's going to be interesting to see how these, these districts are redrawn. I don't think they're going to look like, you know, Jim Jordan's district looks like a seahorse, but right. I also don't know that you're going to have, clusters of you know like a circular cluster of of counties for each person you know who represents them or you could have a um what should you do you could have a cleveland rep a columbus rep a cincinnati rep and then divide the rest out by county i don't know you're right even there that could pose some problems yeah. Well, there'd be a lot of people saying it's unfair republicans would probably attack the bigger cities for saying we have no shot at winning a district seat in Cleveland or Columbus or Cincinnati or Toledo. And then you'd, you'd probably have Democrats saying, well, we have no shot of winning an E if, if all the seats are considered equal, then they'd say, well, we have no shot at winning these rural areas. So it's kind of, you get into the unfairness again and, you know, maybe they wouldn't call it gerrymandering, but they would definitely call it, you know, some skewed sense of, uh, you know, politics. It's almost that way right now, because right now Republicans have a, 12-4 edge in seats. Right. I, I would assume, you know, looking at the results of the last presidential election, that your four Democrat seats are probably based more toward urban areas. Um, you know, your Cleveland's, Cleveland's right. and Cincinnati's is my guess. But I don't know. But I, I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how the whole thing shakes out. Um, Lisa, what do you think? I, I know politics segments aren't always the most popular here, but I, I think it's important. It's important to figure out who's representing us. Um, I, I know I'm not going to convince everybody here to become a huge political fan, but hey, next time you need something done, you're going to look toward 
Congress. So you're going to look, um, you know, there might be a time we say, who is my congressman? You may not know that. I'll be honest, the more we redraw districts, it's going to change for a lot of people. So, yeah, maybe this is something you shouldn't read every single day, but something to keep up on. And there's going to be some changes coming up. Let us know what you think. Let us know what would make a good district in your mind. Um, and thanks for checking out the Ohioan. Uh, we'll be back with another segment. All right, back here on the Ohioan. And you know what, Craig, we always talk about what press releases we listen to. You know what I mean? They say, hey, if you want Craig to write a story, what what do you pitch to him? That'll be exciting. Well, if we're looking at the Ohioan, if you're like, man, I want my story talked about in the Ohioan. Hey, if it's about food, we're in. You know, so if you talk oh, about yeah. food, man, we're, we're talking about it. So we see this article in the Cincinnati Inquirer. And, you know, Cincinnati is not a bad town. Uh, one of the papers I work for is based there. So I'm, I'm going to start yelling about Cincinnati. Uh, but, you know, there's some things I'm not super thrilled about with Cincinnati. I'm not a Bengals fan. Um, what do you call it? Neutral, meh, about the Reds. Uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats, I don't hate them, but I don't really like them. Same thing with Xavier. Um, you talk about food, Cincinnati is known for its chili. And again, I'm not anti-Cincinnati. We have friends down there. It's great and everything. But, man, chili? What's up with that, Craig? And then on top of that, we get this uh, story uh, from the Cincinnati Inquirer uh, talking about uh, best. Uh, they came out with a list of the best regional uh, fast food chains. And they're kind of griping because Skyline Chili only ranks as fourth. Uh, Craig, if, if you and I were doing that list, it might be 10th. What are people thinking? Well, I don't know that it would be in my top 50. I, I mean, I right. I don't mean to, to, to bash on, on Skyline Chili or Cincinnati Chili, but I just – Chili doesn't belong on, on pasta. I mean, come on. We have this debate, you know, nationally with – you know, does pineapple belong on pizza? Well, I think the next debate we should have, if, if Cincinnati chili were to ever, you know, kind of catch on nationwide, is why on earth would we put chili on top of spaghetti, you know? Agreed. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry, Cincinnatians. I just, I can't get behind this. It's just disgusting. Well, and what they did was... This is a ranking of regional fast food places. Sure. So there, there's about 10 of them. They're kind of ranking here. Uh, Culver's, I, I haven't been there. Uh, like Whataburger, haven't been there either. Um, Sheets is actually ranked. <laughs> right. Which, hey. Our boy Sheets, you know. Shout out to our guy Sheets, you know. Well, and I've been trying to get some people from Sheets to come on the show. They oh. sent me a care package. And I, hey, I got the care package, and man, I'm a Sheets fan for life. Yeah. Hey, if you send me stuff, my opinion of you will go way up. But no, I, I just, with chili, I just don't like, why are we putting beans in the chili? I mean, yeah. the meat alone, yeah, I could have that. I, I guess you could order chili. Uh, my wife took me to Skyline. It was a pleasant experience. I think you can order it without the beans, maybe. I hope so, because I, I, I mean, I don't know. I would never. I don't like beans and chili anyway, because I just don't like beans. Right. Um, and and I certainly don't like the combination of beans and in chili on top of spaghetti. It just, it just, none of this works. I mean. If you took out the beans, I guess you could maybe argue that it's maybe just sort of like a, a meat sauce. But once you put the beans in there, it's full-on chili, and that's just ridiculous on top of pasta. It just doesn't work for me. But, you know, it ranks number four. Now, I will say this. I've had Culver's, I've had Bojangles, and I've had Cookout, and I've had right. Sheets. I have right. not had In-N-Out, not had Whataburger. I will say this, sneaky underrated, and I wish they would expand nationwide because it is fantastic. Cookout is highly, highly inter, you know, underrated as a fast food place. Uh, we've gone down there a few times in Tennessee when we've been down there. It is 
awesome fast food stuff. I mean, it, you get a lot of food. You can get a lot of different things. You can get, you know, burgers, obviously, what's kind of like a, a cross maybe between Hardee's and Burger King with its fl flame broiled. Good food. Interesting different sides. Like you can get like a quesadilla, like a chicken quesadilla as a side dish there. It's just an interesting, it's an interesting place to go. I would highly recommend that. I would probably put that first on this list uh, based on the ones that I've tried on this list. Okay. Yeah, I, I just think, and I, and I hate to say this, because we talk about this stuff at work, and every time I, I bring it up, people get mad at me, like, oh, how are you saying that? Sorry, Skyline's overrated. And, again, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and bash Cincinnati. Yay, Cincinnati. But, you know, come on, Craig. Can't they pick something else to put there? I mean, it, it is a great city. Why are we throwing our food allegiance in Cincinnati behind Skyline? Yeah, especially, you know, over the years, Cincinnati has, has really sort of developed into a, a good food spot. And, and then, you know, to be represented by something like this, which just is not good. I, I think it's one of those things you either love it or you hate it. But there's probably just so much other, you know, place, so many other places in Cincinnati that you could go and get a really quality meal to be to to just sort of have you know their name dragged through the mud with skyline chili is my that's that's my opinion i i know that um, you know we probably wouldn't be uh you know welcome down there at this point but cincinnati right. is a beautiful it's a beautiful city it's it's up and coming it's growing it's really developing into a really interesting place to live probably outside of columbus maybe the second biggest, you know, the second fastest big city that's growing right now. It's really an interesting place to be. And I know that they have better, better food options down there. Yeah. And they, they just seem to like hitch their wagons to this niche market with disgusting chili on top of noodles with, you know, unmelted cheese on it that I, it doesn't, none of it makes sense. Yeah. Do better than saying, come on. Because look, you know, you got the Bengals, which, you know, have done well at times. The Reds are this iconic baseball franchise. <clears throat> you know, you got two major colleges in town. You got a lot going for you, Cincinnati. Yeah. But try and step it up on the food game. You know what I mean? It, it would be like the 2000-era Browns. I know they're okay now, but, you know, the crappy Browns uh, sticking your entire thing uh, your entire city behind a crappy football team. I mean, it's just same thing yeah. with Skyline. I mean, let's let's come up with something better. There's got to be like a local pizza shop. Well, I, I think there is. I can't think of it now, but I remember last time I was down there for work. I spent a couple days, and they were saying, "Hey, you got to get this pizza. It's really popular down there." I got. It. I'm like, "Hey, that's pretty good." Definitely doesn't have the name of Skyline because I can't think of it right now. But yeah. hey, give that a chance. Come on. I mean, let's, you know, we don't have to say, oh, we're about Skyline. We got to be about something different, you know? Right. Yeah, step it up. Yeah, I mean, Grater's ice cream. I mean, something's got to be. I, I know that's an ice cream shop. We're not, you know, we're talking about restaurants, but still, Cincinnati has so much more to offer than chili. I mean, come on. Let's. Let's let's not normalize Cincinnati chili. I mean, let's let's go away from Cincy, you know, Cincinnati chili, and go to something different because that the city the city is is much better than that chili. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and we're not ripping no offense. Yeah. Don't want to offend anybody, but it's just it's just not good. It's just a off combination to say the least. Well, and here's the other thing. What does Skyland have on Cincinnati? Because you know, if we talk to Cincinnati person, then, hey. Chances are we'll probably talk to somebody today because we're all one Gannett. We all work together and everything. If like if I send a message out going, Skyline's not good, all these Cincinnati people are like, oh, you offended us and everything. Right. What does Skyline have on Cincinnati? Like, you, you, you know, you always say, do they have naked <laughs> pictures of somebody? You know, we're you yeah. know, embarrassing pictures. Yeah, you know, does Skyline have, have embarrassing card, pictures yeah. of Cincinnati? I mean, Come on, you know? Skyline you know, on the Skyline recipe card. It has all the deep dark secrets of Cincinnati's past, or something. I don't know. Something has to give because 
everybody that lives down there usually swears by it. And then I, I don't know. I mean, maybe we're among the few that don't like it, but I, you know, the closest skyline that I know of is in Mansfield. Right. Or Ontario area, whatever you want to, you know, it's in the Mansfield area. And I remember that I remember when it opened, when I was going to school there in college at North central state college. And, you know, I, I had it once and it just was disgusting. So I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just a Cincinnati thing and there's just I've no told, getting around it. I've told people down there that I'm a Steelers fan. That I don't like the Bengals. I've told people down there, eh, Reds, whatevs. Yeah. You know, they look a little hurt, but I'll get kicked <laughs> out of town. Man, I told I, people I don't like Skyline. I thought I was going to lose my job. Yeah. I thought HR was going to call and say, hey, you're fine as a worker, but you don't like yeah. Skyline. Get out of here. You know? I think the only yeah, I think the only other blasphemous thing you could say other than Skyline Chili's terrible is that like opening day for Cincinnati Reds is overrated or something, and then you'd probably I get a mob after even, you. But you, you could probably even, say that, to be honest with you. And it's not yeah. because the Reds are good or bad. It's just you know, I'm a Lions fan, and everybody's like, oh, the Lions shouldn't play on Thanksgiving. And I'm like, well, you're probably right, because they are not good. But, you know, that's the one thing that I, I attach to is Thanksgiving with the Detroit Lions being a Lions fan. But Cincinnati Reds opening day, like, why is it that big of a deal? I mean. I mean, I love me some Johnny Bench. I'm going to start yeah, ripping everything else yeah. in Cincinnati. <laughs> Yeah, good luck getting this on the Inquirer website. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not saying that you know the Reds shouldn't celebrate Opening Day, but everybody like gravitates towards it, like it's the epicenter of baseball. And I don't know that I would say that it is. I'd love me some Johnny Bench. You're not going to catch me saying icky things about Johnny. No, no, no. I have nothing against the Reds. I'm just you know. Well, well, one thing is, I could probably say icky things about Johnny Bench. Nobody says anything. I say icky things about Scowling Chili. All you know what breaks is. I, I think the only thing I, I'm really trying to come up with a good answer here is maybe Pete Rose, because I know there's people in the past, there's a lot of Pete Rose fans. So if you start right. ripping on Pete Rose, you, you get some anger and everything. Okay. But man, That's true. Sky, yeah. But Skyland Chili is like the second thing in town. Come yeah. on to say you got to do better. Skyland's got its hooks on you, where. Man, if if I was with Scott and Chili, I'd be like going like this right now because man, you got to the point where it's insane. People would yell at people who rip on Scott and Chili. What a good PR thing yeah. to have in that end. So, yeah, Skyline it, Chili seems like it's the birth child of like a drunken night with bad leftovers that you have in the fridge, and you didn't have yeah. like you didn't have pasta sauce, but you wanted spaghetti, so you said, ah. Throw the chili on top, and then, oh, here's some cheese. Let's just dump a bunch of cheese on it. And then, oh, this is not bad when you're, like, completely drunk at 4 in the morning and you think, let's have something to eat, you know, and, and that's maybe how this – that's that's what it seems like. It's a mashup of weird things together that don't make sense to me. Yeah, you bring up a good point. What cheese is not good? Yeah. When well, in essence it is. I mean, you've got wet cheese. Yeah. Ugh. And it's and it's it's not like a mozzarella would go with pasta a lot better than I, you know what I don't know if this if the preferred cheese is like cheddar you know but anything that's not mozzarella on top of is a weird combination to me anyway it, you know that obviously it makes sense when you're talking about chili you usually put cheddar or like American or whatever on cheddar on chili but pasta just as the baseline just doesn't make sense. I got to end up with a good thing. Uh, you know, Columbus needs its own food. It, it's a small place. I'm not saying it would take over the food of Columbus. But I got a new food recommendation in Columbus. The great Yogi's Hoagies. Craig, when okay. COVID gets done and you and your wife make a trip to Columbus, we got to meet up. Okay. I got to think of the Yogi's Hoagies. I'm a Hoagie fan. I like the okay. sub sandwich and everything. If you like sub sandwiches and Hoagies, very good. Okay. Uh, I'm a Subway guy. I, I know we had the infamous time where we were talking about the <laughs> Subway possible or whatever. I, I'm like, yeah. I'll put it this way. You go to Yogi's Hogi's, you're like, why am I going to Subway anymore? Uh, very good place. <laughs> I'd ask to be a sponsor, but, you know, we have – they're a very localized shop, but, man, very yeah. good. Yeah. So Yogi's Hogi's going to get Skyline yes. Chili. Yeah. Skyline I don't think we'll Chili. get Skyline Chili as a sponsor. 
it's okay. Well, hey, if you sponsor, like Sheets, they sent me some stuff. Hey, yay, Sheets. Yeah. You send me some stuff. <laughs> Just don't send food. Send Sheets cash is, or whatever. Sheets is good, though. Sheets is good. Okay. For, oh yeah, and it's not just, and it's not one of those. Oh, sheets is good for a gas station food. Sheets is good. It is solid stuff, and it just happens yeah. to be at a gas station. Skyline yeah. Chili. I don't know if it even would belong in a gas station or you know whatever. I don't even know if it has a place in the world. Yeah, definitely. that's how weird of a combination it is. All right. So thanks for checking out the Ohio one. Um, let us know what your food place is. We'll have a link to the article. Uh, let us know what you think of Skyland Chili, if you're up or down on it. How can you make Skyland Chili better? And what does Skyland Chili have on Cincinnati where, man, <laughs> if you get mad at Skyland Chili, Cincinnati's coming after you. There's other places yeah. in Cincinnati. Check out their pizza place yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, very good. All right, well, thanks for checking out the high wind. We're changing things up a little bit. We'll have all we used to record segments, give them to you a couple days later. You're gonna have all four segments in one day. Uh, we'll we tape live t- on Monday for Thursday. On Friday, Craig, I, I gave him carp launch. Craig wants to talk pop culture. I said, Look, man, record. All the pop culture segments you want. So he's talking to Bob Garver. He's doing his own reviews. What else you got this week, Craig? I made a folder of all your stuff, and I see at least three or four things in there. Yeah, well, we have a we have an Oscar rundown there with Bob Garver. We talk Oscars along with Mortal Kombat and another movie. Um, too much to remember, unfortunately for me. I, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what I talked about, but I'm kind of drawing a blank too, though. Oh, I have it up here. Sasquatch, uh, Blackley Sketch Show, Minority Report. Uh, Craig's going to review those. Okay, yeah, and, yeah. Interview with Bob Garver. Uh, we're looking for a place. Uh, we talked to Chris Rupp the other day um, from Rupp's Comics in Fremont. He's going to talk about Comic Book Day on Saturday. You'll get to hear the interview on Friday. Yep. And then, Craig, I, I'm trying to kind of put a couple of segments we haven't released yet. So we're going to release a segment where we talk about sofas and that's more food, but we'll call it pop culture. Yeah. Um, and then Twitch, we haven't released that segment yet where we talk about the, the newest uh, Twitch leader for number of followers. Yeah. All right. So yeah. And that'll be Friday. And then Saturday I do some segments with Paul Yanchek and Joe Frost. Uh, we'll release those on Saturday. So check it out. And also through the week, we have a Seinfeld podcast we'll release separately, a Steelers podcast. Again, all kinds of content, same content you always have. We're trying to release a little bit different to save me on some upload time. All right. Well, thanks for checking out our show. I got to run. Uh, thank you, Craig. You, you, everyone have a great day, and thanks for checking out the Ohio one. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast, and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.